Union organizer has been fired by Starbucks. Quebec Superior Court grants injunction to stop the ratification of a vote. Toronto City Council has turned down the federal government's offer for more emergency shelter space. Finland and Russia are fighting while some 300 migrants are stuck at the border in Lapland. And riots in Dublin were driven by far-right hooligans. Good morning. It's Friday, November 24th. I'm Nora coming to you from one great city, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Here are your headlines. We start this morning with news from the Thais Zach Fiscara. Frédéric Martineau was just fired by Starbucks. The barista had worked for the company for five years, and notably, she helped unionize a Vancouver location of the store. That was back in February. In September, Starbucks closed the location and Martineau moved to a different store. When they moved her, she was effectively demoted and had her hours reduced. But she was just fired officially for in her words, quote, vague reasons related to the corporation's standard of communication, unquote. The company claims that she was, quote, using profanity in the workplace, unquote, which she denies, and that she was complaining about her reduced shifts, which the company considered to violate its communications policy. As a union organizer, though, she told Viscara that she lost her job due to the union organizing work that she had done with the United Steelworkers. She thinks that they've been planning to fire her for a while now. Starbucks didn't reply to questions about why Martineau was fired. The steelworkers have filed a complaint with the BC Labor Relations Board. Starbucks has engaged in some pretty scummy anti-union activities. While there are only three unionized stores in British Columbia, it hasn't stopped them from demonizing the union. Earlier this year, the company gave raises to their BC employees, except the ones who had joined a union. Starbucks eventually changed its mind and paid out the workers. In Victoria, the union alleged that Starbucks was withholding tips from staff at a unionized location. Next to Quebec, where a judge with Quebec Superior Court has prevented the Student Society of McGill University to implement the results of a recent referendum. The piece in CBC News by Holly Cabrera writes that the court was just pressing quote-unquote pause and not taking a side on the issue. Okay, so what's the issue? Well, 78.7% of students voted in one of McGill's highest voter turnouts to call on McGill to, quote, cut ties with people, corporations, and institutions that are complicit in genocide, settler colonialism, apartheid, or ethnic cleansing against Palestinians, unquote. Oddly, there's nothing in the story that explains why the judge granted an injunction. There's no arguments that the referendum violated rules or that, like, ballots were tampered with or anything, just that the ratification is on pause until the courts can hear, quote-unquote, both sides, which won't happen until the end of the academic year in March 2024. The injunction was brought forward by B'nai Brith, which I guess has a stake in McGill students not calling Israel an apartheid state, but they're using the cover of a single student who is anonymous and who have said that they've experienced harassment on campus. 
Solidarity for Palestinian Human Rights, McGill, were also granted anonymity in the article and have also said that they've been harassed. SPHR said that this decision, quote, is a dangerous precedent for student democracy and undermines the supposedly democratic structure of Canadian institutions, unquote, which is absolutely true. This is a terrible injunction. Imagine it being used any single time a student disagreed with a campus vote. Student politics would not be able to function or afford to function. It would effectively tie all political campaigns activity up in the courts, which would also bleed the union money. The student union has agreed to delay the ratification vote until March. Benet Brit's Quebec director, Harry Topas, is quoted extensively in the article. He's mad that Israel is unfairly being targeted and that while there is, quote, collateral civilian suffering, unquote, in Gaza, it is not a genocide. Or maybe he means it's not yet a genocide. Cabrera said that the death toll is at least 13,300, which she attributes to, quote, Gaza's Hamas-run government, unquote, though she manages to not mention that Gaza's reports of fatalities have historically been very close to estimates from the UN. Anyway, as a former student activist, if you are mad that your fellow students disagree with a position you hold, don't go running to the courts and demanding $150,000 in damages. That detail is for some reason left out of the CBC article in which I read in another article earlier. Convince your peers of your position. That's how this all works, folks. And guess what is not going to go away with a court injunction, people's solidarity and support of Palestinians. Next, the City of Toronto has turned down an offer from the federal government to pay for new temporary shelter spaces. Matthew Bingley from Global News is reporting that the federal government offered to open Moss Park and Fort York, both armories that are federally controlled, to create temporary shelter space by mid-November. It would also have come with $5 million to open a temporary shelter at an exhibition hall at Exhibition Place for the winter. But late last week, the city, quote-unquote, reportedly, declined the offer. That's despite the fact that at its November meeting, City Council passed this motion, quote, take urgent action to address the refugee crisis, including funding and operationalizing emergency accommodation at federal sites, including federal armories and funding and operationalizing of regional refugee reception center, unquote. When asked about this, Federal Immigration Minister Mark Miller said that, quote, some of the calls coming from the city publicly are inconsistent with internal discussions, unquote. Apparently, the armories aren't, quote unquote, ideal options, and there are other possibilities that they're looking at. The armories, for example, don't have a ton of washrooms. But anti-poverty activist Kathy Crow said that it was scandalous that the city turned down the offer. People are living on the street and it's shameful that there's been no decision made yet about how to help them get into warm places. She said this, quote, I'm pretty much speechless. And to me, it just suggests that there is a lot of politicking going on behind closed doors and the basic humanity of providing shelter is not front and center. And by the way, Joanna Lavois from CP24 is reporting that the city of Toronto is planning to dismantle an encampment set up at St. Stephen in the Field Anglican Church this morning. Some of the folks who live there have been there for two years. Reverend Maggie Helwig opposes the decision, knowing that there isn't anywhere for many of these people to go. Next to international news, and let's start at the border of Finland and Russia, specifically a northern border crossing. 
ABC Australia is reporting that Russia has said there's a humanitarian crisis that's emerging at a border crossing that it shares with Finland. Some 300 migrants from 10 different countries have been stranded at the Sala checkpoint in Lapland. They have been waiting for days to cross the border and Finland isn't letting them in. Finland has already closed four border crossings in the south with Russia after a surge of migrants seeking asylum. Finland has said that Russia is deliberately moving people to Finland, something that Russia denies. A Finnish official said on Twitter that many of the migrants are being allowed to the Finnish crossing without the required travel documents. Finland is considering closing all its borders to migrants. Both countries banned crossing the border by foot, but people are still allowed to cross on bike, and many people have arrived to cross on bike. Finland says that this is all an attempt to destabilize the country in retaliation for them joining NATO. But a reminder that's not in the article that the Finnish government is more right-wing than the country has seen in a long time. Stopping immigration was a key message during the election earlier this year, where they won. And finally, wild images were coming out of Dublin last night after riots led to buses torched and windows smashed. The Guardian reports that Drew Harris, the Garda commissioner, said that the riots were led by, quote, complete lunatic faction driven by far-right ideology, unquote. It happened after a woman and three young children were attacked. A man in his 50s was detained with the help of two women who managed to contain the man. Those are your headlines for Friday, November 24th. I'm Nora. Ah, it's Friday. I hope to see many of you tonight at the West End Cultural Center. We are going to have a wonderful show. And if you can't make it, pass your tickets on to someone else. Get someone else to come check out the show because we rely on you, dear listener, for word of mouth, for promotions to help people learn about Sandy and Nora. If you aren't lucky enough to live in Winnipeg, well... I guess you have to miss this one, but you know, 2024 is coming and Sandy and I are working on a couple of live shows for that year. You are listening to this podcast at sandynora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and anywhere you get your podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you on the other side.